Amen. How many of you had a chance to watch the uh, talk on abortion that uh, our church hosted, Pastor Mike gave leadership to? If you haven't, this week it'll be posted. It was phenomenal. It was a blessing. You did a, an awesome job, Pastor Mike, giving leadership to that and all the panel. Definitely worth a watch yes. and a share. Yes. And so when we have that posted, look for that on our Facebook. Uh, very powerful, very moving, very, very helpful. Yes. Amen. Yes. Um, can we put that power, that picture up? On uh, There is a young couple. Well, not us two. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, there is, <laughs> but uh, that was at Pasquale and Carolyn's rehearsal for their wedding 33 years ago, wow. 33 Woo! years ago. Um, I wish we had a picture of Carolyn there too, but, uh, but anyway, that was the last one I had on my phone that you sent me, but uh, we want to just acknowledge Pat and Carolyn. Would you just come? Uh, we so, so appreciate you guys and are so grateful for your lives your ministries continuing all these years to still serve god which is honorable and commendable we love you we appreciate what are you guys matching today got your matching outfit on you want me to renew the vows <laughs> who that guy was the be oh the best man. yes congratulations happy anniversary bless you Bless you. We love you guys. Amen. Amen. Can we worship the Lord one more time before we look into the Word of God? Just open up your hearts today to what the Spirit of God would want to say to you today. Amen. Would you just stand one more time with one more chorus? And um, those of you that are watching by live stream, we're going to go offline. Uh, after this chorus and I'm just going to share some things from my heart from the Word of God for those that are present but would you just open up your heart would you just focus on Jesus the Bible tells us looking unto Jesus let's look unto him this morning let's look away from our cares our fears our concerns and let's look into the wonderful beautiful face of Jesus amen I just want to say this song was sent to me on an album um, a couple of weeks ago from a friend out of state. And when I put the album on on my playlist, I was home by myself, and this song came on. It's called Believe For It. And I found a, a strip of sun in my front room on the carpet, and I laid on that strip of sun, and I put this song on repeat, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept. I, I just, I say that because I want you to know the worship team, we're worshipers. When we're home, we're worshiping. When we hear a song that touches us, we worship. And so as I just played that over and over again, faith really arose this book. And a member of our church, I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to give you the testimony, but a member of our church l started listening to that song every day, all day, on repeat, and believing for a giant mountain in her life to be moved. And a few days later, that giant mountain in her life was moved. And she attributes it to speaking life. See, we need to speak life. We speak enough death, myself included. We need to speak life. And so this song is a song about speaking life. So we'll have the words up here. We want to sing it for you. But join with us and speak life over your situations this morning. 
They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. See, we're speaking to God. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. There is power in your name. Come on, sing it. There is power in your name. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it from the impossible. God, we believe. God, we believe. 
said it I believe it you said it it is done come on sing it you said it. tell him this morning I believe it yes you said it it is done you said it you voices you come on sing it adamant I believe it you said it it is done you said it you said it I believe it you said it it is done you said it I believe it, you said it, it is done, one more time, you said it, I believe it, you said it, it is done, God will you believe for Amen. Do you still believe? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give a great big amen before you're seated. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you this morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. How many of you would say amen to that? Praise the Lord. Well, I do welcome you this morning, and I want to do something a little bit different, just kind of share my heart with you. This past Wednesday night in our midweek gathering, I took time uh, just to do that, just to share my heart. Um, I have some scripture I want to share with you, some vision I want to share with you, some things that I believe that the Lord um, just has placed upon my heart to challenge you with. 
And uh, it was a good time of sharing Wednesday night. Um, and had a lot of good feedback. The only thing is we probably had just one-fourth of the people here. So after that, I just thought about it, and some of the feedback I got, I just felt that it would be good, it would be healthy, it would be helpful to share that this morning so that all of us could hear my heart. Amen? I'm going to just ask Pastor Maureen to come and just read a few of uh, some of the things that people said in response to Wednesday night, and please understand it's in their, um, it's in their verbiage, so she will read as if they were saying it. Amen. Praise God. Awesome worship this morning. Amen. As always, thank you, Lord. All right. Here's the first one. There's so much need in the house of God and Christians are turning into their own personal needs and comfort and not to the things of God. And, of course, that causes discouragement in pastors. But we are winners, and we will continue to pray and not to give up on ourselves and others. My wife and I had the opportunity to hear Pastor Rich's heart and passion for the Lord's work and for the people. Our take on his message is that he is a faith-filled servant of God that uses wisdom to guide the church and desires the support of the members in order to continue to expand the kingdom faithfully. We are blessed to know that we have a godly man who is leading during these difficult times and who is facing the challenges of today with passion, drive, and courage. Amen? I have known Pastor Richard for many years, and when he spoke Wednesday night about his inner feelings, I knew he was truly hurting. I cried for him, and I understood. Another one. I was moved on how Pastor Richard was open to express how difficult it has been for a pastor to lead his church during an unprecedented pandemic. His heart is and was broken over the effects that this pandemic has had on all of us, especially the youth. I believe Pastor Richard has spent much time in prayer and fasting for our church. He is right to be concerned how fear has kept some away from coming to church and others have become comfortable staying home and watching service online. We are a family and we need to be together in fellowship with one another yes we need more servants and leaders for the furthering of the kingdom of Christ most of all we need to be together worshiping and hearing God's word when we come together as a whole body we are a powerful force against the powers of darkness thank you Pastor Richard for your faithfulness during this unprecedented time it is not easy being a pastor our pastor should be prayed for automatically by his members because when he is blessed, members are highly blessed in every area because he is praying. A house divided will not stand, but our house will never be divided. It will remain standing because we are together and will remain standing together in every area in Jesus' name. My husband and I both agree that Pastor Richard is facing obstacles as a pastor that are unprecedented due to the times we are living in. We understood that this pandemic has, may have caused some in the body of Christ to become complacent in servanthood due to fear. Because of this, it is affecting the church when people are not coming in person. Every ministry is affected in some capacity when others are not able to serve. 
especially in person. So we heard Pastor Rich's heart in asking the church to consider the obstacles he's facing like never before that are not just from outside the church, but within the church. If we can, as a church, begin to open our hearts up to press forward and serve in some capacity, it will push the church forward, help those in leadership, and remove the fear that is keeping people from showing up in person and or serving. Wednesday night, Pastor opened his heart and asked for support for him through prayer. I saw the importance of our church and how coming to church, no matter my circumstances, is extremely important to further God's kingdom. We need to show our family, friends, and the community that we are solid as a church in our faith in Jesus and in the support of our pastor. I will stand by, by our church and by our pastor in prayer and in faith. I sensed a bit of frustration, but listened to pastor stay focused and positive. I listened to pastor tell the congregation that he, as an individual, needs help. He needs the church to get more involved. The pastor cannot do it alone. He poured out his heart. It was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't about politics or race. It was all about the church because he stressed that we are in the end times and it's pretty close and the church needs to be ready. The church definitely needs to stand out from the rest of the world. We don't have a shot and, it made it and he made it very clear. It wasn't just another word from the pulpit. It was a powerful word and it showed Pastor Richard's love for the people and his love for the church. And the way he expressed it last night was definitely heartfelt. Pastor opened up and shared his heart and the burden for the church and his people. He is desiring to lead in wisdom and truth in a world where there are so many voices, opinions, and so much chaos. He shared how he was concerned about so many children not being in church for over a year, not hearing the word of God or being in the presence of God during worship. He also shared his concern about some people who have not even returned. He understands everyone is having a difficult time through this pandemic. And there are situations we are all experiencing, including himself and Pastor Lisa. He let us know as his congregation, Victory Family, to continue to keep him lifted up in prayer now more than ever for wisdom and strength. Amen. God bless you. So open up your heart now as he continues to share his heart. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Maureen, for sharing that. If you would open up in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Everyone said amen. amen. I would just like... Uh, just to share a little bit of the plan and the strategy for returning to the house of God. As you know, we're in April, and we have two services on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and we have added nursery uh, for 1 to 5 in our Sunday morning services and even in our Wednesday night 
Bible study time. So we have nursery, and I want to thank and appreciate the team that Carolyn Granada has faithfully led. Can we just show appreciation uh, to Carolyn for serving so many years in this capacity and still faithful to be a blessing? And uh, without people like that, you don't realize what actually gets done in the church by just faithful servants of God. And on Wednesday nights, we have added youth ministry to our in-house Bible study and gathering. So we're, uh, we're excited about that. We uh, see the importance of get, getting the youth back together, connecting, praying, hearing the word of God, being ministered to as valuable and as helpful as Zoom was or is. There's nothing like being in person. And so we are also looking in May, in May to possibly adding children's ministry to our Sunday and Wednesday uh, gatherings, but that is uh, something we're praying about, and also we need ministry teams. We need, again, faithful servants who will express their faith in a real tangible way by serving. And uh, this is all something we're going to do month by month, um, staying uh, flexible, staying fluid, and staying faith-filled, and always doing our best to go by uh, the guidelines that are presented by the CDC. So uh, we're going to do our best to, to, to do that, but we need to do our best uh, to be faith-filled and move forward as a church. Can you say amen? amen. Um, you know, our Wednesday nights have been our life groups, and those have been awesome. Before the pandemic, we would meet uh, at the beginning of our Wednesday night gathering here for praise and worship, for prayer. Then we would break up in not, into nine different uh, life groups throughout the building. Um, but we're going to hold off on that because of just the closeness uh, that, would, that would entail. And so we're going to meet here like we do, like we're doing now. Same thing, but just on a Wednesday night. So I want to encourage you to come out. We're going to have a time of prayer, a time of exhortation, a time of worship, a time of uh, just gathering together. And I'm also praying uh, for uh, just what God would have me to do over the next few months as far as uh, teaching, what teachings would be the most um, relevant and effective for the church body. So I'm going to share my heart with you. Um, would you open up your heart? You know, there's a biblical precedent for this. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, open up your hearts to me as I open up my heart to you. So I want to share with you uh, and just the importance of just a few things that, that are just so critical in this hour. Uh, again, the need for you to pray for me as the, the, the senior pastor or the lead pastor. Uh, pray for me like you'd never prayed for me before. It's just so critical because of what we are dealing with. What a year this has been. What a year it has been. We have all had our challenges. Every single one of us. If I gave you the opportunity, you could stand up here this morning and tell your story. Tell your uh, perspective from the youngest, even the children. Everyone has been affected to the oldest. We have all been through a time like never before in our lives, a time of, of great pressure, of great stress, of great challenge. And we all have a story to tell, and some of them we know about, and our heart breaks 
uh, for you and breaks with you. Some of you, we don't know your story, but nonetheless, we do pray for you. But I want to look in a, in, a, in a passage of scripture that I want to read, and then I want to intertwine and weave in uh, just some of, of my heart with this passage of scripture. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, I want you to hear this in the context of our world today. I want you to, to look at our world from a biblical perspective. We need to have not a political worldview. We need to have a biblical worldview. Amen. We have to have a, a worldview not looking it through the lens of our culture, but the lens of Scripture. Can you say amen? You need to say amen because that's the truth. If you are a Christian, if you believe the Word of God, now look what the Word of God says. But know this. But know this. And in the original Greek, it is in uh, the, the passive, I believe, continuous sense. And, and grammatically, what that means is keep on knowing this. Don't just hear it once or know it once and forget about it like we do a lot of things. But keep on knowing this. Knowing what? That in the last days, perilous times will come. But know this, keep on knowing this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And that word perilous, uh, again, means harsh, hard to bear. And one translation says vicious. Wow. In the last days, perilous times will come. And then Paul begins to list some of the characteristics of a culture. Now, I want you to look at this. What is the first thing it says? For men will be lovers of themselves. He goes on the list, I think it's like 19 characteristics. Now, the first one is men, and that's all of mankind. That's men, women, boys, and girls. Men will be lovers of, them, of themselves, and out of that will begin to flow all these other things. And I do believe that that's listed first because that's the crux of the matter. That's the problem. You know, we love ourselves too much. And because we do, we put ourselves first, we put our opinions first, we put, every, we put just self first. Men will be lovers of themselves. And then it goes on, lovers of money. So money doesn't follow too, follow too far after. Isn't that true? Men will be lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty. Now, I don't have the time to go through all these characteristics, but, you know, when you think of lovers of self, Paul was, was prophesying of, of a culture that was to come that actually began in, in, in biblical times because the, um, the last days of the end times really began with the coming of Christ and will finish or find their culmination when Christ comes back. So we have been living in the last times. But as time marches on, as we get closer to the end, these characteristics will intensify. But Paul could not have even dreamed 
When he said men will be lovers of themselves, that everyone on the planet, billions of people, well, not everyone yet, but billions of people will have a page dedicated to self. Are you kidding me? A page, lovers of themselves. Now every one of us has a page to show how great we are. How great our family is. How great we cook. How great we look. How great we are. Our children, our dog, our cat, our animals. Everything. We have a page now that will show, look at me. Can you believe that? Lovers of themselves. Now again, I'm not saying, you know, Facebook is all bad, but don't, don't, don't you try to convince me that it's not a lot of self there. A lot of self where we self-ease. A lot of our self is presented. And, and, and think about it. Men will be lovers of themselves. And when you look in our culture, why is our country, why is our world the way it is? Because we love ourselves more than we love others. We've made it about politics. It's about people. It's about loving people, whatever their color is, whatever their creed is, whatever their background is. And the problem is we're lovers of self and we have a, a spirit of narcissism. Narcissistic people, and, and, and you know you're a lover of self, and this is just a little test, and, and, and I don't mean to mess with you this morning. Only God knows what you're thinking. But a lover of self filters everything through self. You can't tell somebody anything without it filtering through their life and about them. I got a new car. Oh, wow, I don't have a new car. Look at my granddaughter. Oh, I'm thinking about my granddaughter. Look at my dog. No, I'm thinking about my dog. I shared my heart Wednesday night, and don't you think, talk to one person. They brought it, somehow they brought it back to themselves. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that self-love that God, we have, that's why the Bible talks about denying self. And, and these characteristics we're seeing, and, and you know what, you know what's, you know what's the real, the mind blower in this passage? You know what the real wake-up call is? Look at verse Five, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. This is not the world. This is not the sinner, the atheist, the ungodly. This is not the non-Christian. You know what Paul is talking about, prophesying? This will be in the church. Having a form of godliness. Who has a form of godliness? Religious people but denying the power thereof. And look at what Paul is saying. He is, it, it is mind-boggling to think of these characteristics. And he's talking about a coming apostasy. And brothers and sisters, we see that today like never before. We see that today like never before. This falling away, these characteristics that, that once would just describe a culture without Christ, now describes a culture with Christ. Lord, help us. That's why we need revival. That's why we need a move of God in our churches. You know, this time of stress that we're dealing with, you know, as a, as a pastor, you know, I have that. I have that just like you do. You know, I mean, my wife and I, I mean, we've, we've all had to walk through this. 
In our own way, we've had to deal with fears, we've had to deal with concerns, we've had to deal with pressure. And again, in the last days, a time of great stress, a time of, that's so beyond measure, I want you to thank God for the grace he's given all of us. Thank God for the grace he's given all of us. You don't know the pressure. You don't know the, the demonic uh, strongholds and the workings of the enemy really in the spirit realm. It is by the grace of God we're here. Every one of us should say praise the name of the Lord. God has brought us through. God has been good. It hasn't been easy. But as your pastor, not only do I have my own challenges like we all do, I have the challenge, the unique challenge of pastoring a church during a worldwide pandemic. I've been to two Bible colleges, one in Rhode Island, one in uh, Louisiana. I've been to a seminary. I got my bachelor's degree in biblical studies. I got my master's in urban ministry. But I want you to know there was not one course. There was not one class. There was not one lecture. There wasn't even a footnote on how to lead a church during a pandemic. And add to that, not only a pandemic, but add to it the most divisive and polarizing culture in our world and in our lifetime. Add all of that to it. Not only COVID, but the racial injustices, the tensions, the political differences that, that we're facing in our culture. And you know what? It's in the church. It's in the church all threatening to shake the very foundations of our nation and tearing the very heart and soul of our country to pieces. And all of this, unfortunately, has even permeated our church. There's division, there's anger, there's suspicion. Now, now when I say church, I mean churches as a whole. I, I know our church is not like the average church. Praise the Lord. But I'm not, I'm not foolish enough to think that there are not undercurrents and issues and things. But you know what? If we would begin to love one another. What, did God, what does God word, God's word say? Now abides faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If we can love people, you know what? We all have our differences. It's an incredibly, incredibly challenging time. Now listen, please hear me. I'm not looking for pity. I'm looking for your prayers. Amen. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm looking for your support. Because we're all dealing with high levels of stress, anxiety, anger, confusion. And you know, my, my wife and I, we, we carry a few hundred people and their families and their needs. And you know what, I, you, you should expect me to be a man of faith, amen? You should expect me as your pastor to be a man of faith. You don't want me to be a man of fear. I come to church and just minister discouragement to you. I come to church and I just, I, take, I suck the hope right out of you. Now listen, listen, look what, look what Paul said now. Paul was a positive man. Paul would always see the glass half full. Paul the apostle was a man of faith and vision, but he did not deny the facts. He did not deny reality. He said, listen, there will be perilous times. 
There will be times of great stress. People will be crazy, and that craziness will creep into the church. And let me tell you, crazy out in the world is crazy, but in the church it's doubly crazy. You, you know this if you've just been around a little while. <laughs> if you don't, you don't know, you don't know. But, but he's saying, listen, this is how it's going to be. But I'm glad Paul the Apostle didn't leave it there. Here's what he said. Look what he said. Now I'm going to jump down. Look at verse 10. But you. There's a contrast. There's a shift in the atmosphere, in, in, in the context of what he's saying. But you. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, and he goes on. What is Paul doing? Paul's drawing a contrast. He said, these things will be going on, but you know what? You've got a, you've got a mentor. You've got a role model. You've got an example this is going to be happening. You know, uh, men are going to go from worse, you know, they're going to uh, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. You know, he's saying, listen, they're going to, they're going to hear the word but they're not going to apply it. He says they're going to try to resist the, the truth sometimes. He says, you know what, and they're going to go from bad to worse. But you, but you have carefully followed my life. Now I want you to understand the importance of having godly leadership faith-filled leadership, having mentors, having people. You know, I was praying with my wife this week. We were talking, and I just began to thank God for my godly heritage. I just began to thank God for people that have mentored me over the years, from Bible college days to, to churches to, 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 to friends who... who, who Talk with a brother yesterday out of state, a man of God, still fighting the good fight of faith for 30 years, 35 years after Bible college, faith-filled. He just, he just challenged and encouraged me as I talked to him. But I was thanking God and thinking of people who remained faithful when all of, of the world was crazy. Remain faithful even when Christians were going crazy. Remain faithful even when doctrines and, 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 and all kinds of, uh, of different uh, things were coming and going and, 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 and just so much happening. People who were God that I could look to. And, and, and here's Paul. He's saying, listen, I want you to, 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 to look and, and realize, you know what? You've got an example here of someone who's living in, and, and I want to be that man of faith, and you expect me to be that, but let me tell you, you know, it's such a challenge because we're living in such a, a culture for a pastor these days. You know what? It's so hard because you've got to have wisdom, but you've got to have faith. I know of some pastors, uh, their church accused them of having too much wisdom, not enough faith. Some had too much faith, not enough wisdom. I want to ask you, where's the balance? Where's the line? I don't know if anybody knows that. And, and not all leaders have faith. I want to be a man of faith, and I want to be a man of wisdom. But not all have faith. You know, and I've come to realize, even leaders, you know the 12 tribes of Israel had 12 leaders that were chosen to spy out the promised land. And do you know only two of them? Count one, two out of 12. That's one out of six. That's 15%. And these men were leaders, leaders of hundreds of thousands. They were leaders of the tribes. And you know what? T 
10 of them came back with a negative report. 10 of them came back with an attitude, no, we can't take the land. No, they're too big. No, we can't do it. And they had all the excuses. Only Joshua and Caleb. Only two of them came back. This morning, you're here this morning, and I commend you. You expect me to be a man of faith, but you know what? I expect you to be a person of faith. I expect every one of you, as a child of God, you are called, the Bible says, that without faith, you can't please God. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. You see, the strain and the tension and the spiritual attack that pastors are under, I'm just saying this because I want you to pray for me. I'm just saying this because I want you to join forces and, and support the ministry of this church so that we can move God's kingdom forward. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Pastors are quitting, overwhelmed, giving up, giving in. Why? Because of times of great stress. Pastors have multitude of issues, issues normally, but now they're exponentially greater. We have churches where they're fighting over COVID, whether you should have the mask, wear the mask, don't wear the mask. I know churches, uh, uh, people uh, uh, are leaving churches because they don't wear masks. I know some that are leaving churches because their pastor didn't speak on social justice. I know churches that people are leaving because their pastor did speak on social justice. I know churches that, that people are leaving because they said too much. Or they said too little. What a tension of faith and wisdom that we walk with. Then you have the issue of vaccine, no vaccine. Masks, no mask. Trump, never Trumper. Biden, no Biden. Social justice issues. Listen, I'm not making light of it. But what I'm trying to say, the importance of us being Christians. You could have disagreements. It's okay. It's okay if you disagree on some things. I have some godly pastor friends from around the nation and the world who tell me they, they've taken the vaccine. Some who don't believe in the vaccine. I'm not going to fight with them, argue with them. They, 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 they're sending me articles why they don't think we should. Some are sending articles why we should. All I'm saying is be Christian about it. Come on, is that good? You can disagree on a lot of things, but, but if we start fighting and dividing in our churches, let me tell you, as a pastor, I, 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 God give me wisdom. God's been giving me wisdom. God's been giving me grace because it's so easy. I can split this church in a moment's time. What do I mean by that? I can say the wrong thing. Sometimes I say the right thing in the right way and people still misinterpret it. Pray for me. Listen, I pastor a, a multicultural, multiracial church. Now listen, some of you, how about your homes? You have four or five people. You're all the same tribe. And is it easy? Just in your own tribe. Maybe you got seven or eight of you. I've got hundreds. All different tribes, all different people, all different nations. All I'm asking is, can we still love one another? Can we still pray for one another? Can we still be unified? 
Imagine if we would pray another. How can we love one another if we don't even come, some people not even coming back to church? How can, how can we stay faith-filled if we're not hearing the word of God? If we're not hearing the preaching, we're not in an atmosphere of worship. Some people, maybe some of you, all you do is watch the news. You are going to, your faith is going to be sucked right out of you. Because let me just say this to you now, here's where, here's where I can start to, Step on some toes. Not all news is true and balanced. And not all of our leaders put God in the equation. Matter of fact, we had one governor, it was about a year ago, when he was talking about the curve flattening and, and his state making progress. We know he was lying because a lot of information came out now. But he said this. He said this on public TV, and someone told me about it, but I don't take everything people say until I do my research to make sure. And I watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I saw this governor. He says, he says we're making progress, he says, but because we're using wisdom and we're taking the right steps. He says, God is not doing this. Faith is not doing this. Let me tell you, don't mock God, number one, and don't mock him on national television because you know what? God has a way of exposing people, and he's been exposed, and he still hasn't paid the piper yet, but I guarantee you he will. But don't mock. So what am I saying? What am I saying is that you are going to get from the media an earthly wisdom. And, and I'm not saying it's all bad. There's some good wisdom, things we can listen to. But if all you listen to that, you are going to hear nothing. You're not going to hear anything about God. You're going to hear people who take the God factor right out of it. So here we are as a church. We're using wisdom. We're doing everything we know to do, to be right, to do the right thing as, as far as the guidelines are. And sometimes they change too. And still people don't come back to church. And still, those who come back, and then now we got lazy. Oh, come on. Listen, as your pastor, don't you think it would be easier for me to just continue Zoom? On Wednesday nights? Oh, I know you like Zoom. You get a little snack. You know, you, you watch it. You just sit in your comfy clothes, you know, just... Your head's showing, you got your pajamas on. Oh, I like Zoom. Hallelujah. Are you kidding me? Is that Christianity? No way. It would be easy for me. Let's continue Zoom. You know, then we don't have to staff nursery, children's ministry, youth ministry. We don't have to put the lights on, the heat on. We don't have to do, oh, that would be easy. Don't you think I like easy in my flesh, in my natural man? But no, People need God. If, if, I'm, if I'm required to wear a mask to save lives, then I'm required, we're required as a church to have church to save lives. Don't give me one or the other. I'll do both, but don't back off on the importance of the church. Imagine if a hospital didn't have enough workers to care for the needs of people. Won't we say that's a crisis? Well, let me tell you, it's a crisis when the church doesn't have enough people to do nursery, to do children's ministry, to do youth ministry. It's a crisis. 
And we as a people of God need to rise up and realize in the last days, these things will begin to creep into the church and we have to realize we got to follow godly examples. People of faith, not people of fear. I know of one, one church, they still haven't opened up. One year later, are you kidding me? I don't want to be critical and I don't like to tear anybody down, but, but enough is enough. Enough is enough. Some people haven't come back to church. They got COVID. They didn't get it at church because they didn't come to church. And, they, and, and far as I know, I'm no scientist, but I think once you get COVID, you're good for three months, six months. So they could have come to church for three months. They still didn't come. Are you kidding me? <laughs> faith filled. If you expect me to have faith, I expect you to have faith. And amen. You're here this morning. You're here this morning. For pastors, I've heard of leaders around the nation, Christian leaders say, in this environment, church people are getting so offended so easily and in extreme amounts. People are getting offended, they're getting angry, and they're becoming disrespectful. God help us. Why? Because in the last days, people will be despisers, headstrong, haughty, unthankful. People are leaving church, and, and, and then they got this false sense of spirituality because they're, they're watching live stream. Oh, I'm watching Steve Furtick. Hallelujah. I like him. He preaches good. I'm watching T.D. Jakes. Oh, he shouts. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You, Paul says, but you followed my life. You've seen my life. We don't know their lives. God, I, I, I trust, I respect many of them, but let me tell you, there's nothing like having someone that you follow. You know their lives. You see their lives. You know. We got a full sense. Oh, I listen to podcasts. I had someone tell me recently, they're, they're living with somebody, living in sin. Oh, but she listens to Christian music all the time. Like, like that makes it right? <laughs> having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. We need to come back to the house of God. We need to come back to the ministry. Thank God for our youth pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Tara. They have another couple, David and Rosita, that travel an hour, just one way, in their early, every Sunday, every Wednesday, to minister, they come to the youth ministry, they come to have children's ministry, we have Rachel, every week she's sending out videos and emails with her team, their team's doing these little video clips to our children, that's awesome, thank God for them, but, but we need to come back to the house of God, what am I asking as I close, I'm asking for prayer, I'm asking for leaders to rise up, and if you're a life group leader, you need to be in, in Bible study Wednesday night. You need to be an example, and you need to be here. I'm looking for leadership to rise up, be strong. We need to walk in unity. A world is in disunity. It's, it's heartbreaking what's going in, in in our country, in our world. What we need, we need to love people. We need to love people. We need to be intentional about evangelism and discipleship. Nothing has changed as far as the vision, the mandate, the purpose of our church. 
We need to be involved passionately with the work of God. I'm asking you to come back Wednesday night Bible study and bring the youth back. I'm asking you to recommit to serving Christ in and through this local church. You see, there are needs in almost every ministry of the church. I'm asking you to pray for me, my wife, the elders, the staff, the leaders of the church. Pray that we'll all be baptized and filled with the love of God. How can we love people in the world if we don't first love one another? Amen? Amen. I pray that you're baptized with the love of God. I'm asking you to come expecting God to move in our church services. God wants to pour out his spirit. Let's pray. Let's believe and cultivate an atmosphere for revival. Would you stand together with me this morning? Thank you for hearing my heart. Thank you for taking to heart what I share and putting into practice. For my heart is for the kingdom of God, is for the work here at Victory. My heart is for the things of God. And I pray that your heart, you would be that person. You would be a person of faith, a person of vision, a person of wisdom. Would you pray together with me today as we close? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the truth, God, that, that, that shows us what, what, what is really going on behind the scenes. It's not really politics. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's spiritual forces. It's the, it's the, the sinfulness of humanity. We've gotten our eyes on politics when it's about people. We've got our eyes around, upon, upon issues that, that, that we're missing the real issue. The real issue is man is sinful and in need of a savior. Oh God, help us to start right here, making sure our life is in right relationship with God, making sure that we love one another. God, I pray that you would just touch the hearts of people this morning. God, that they would once again, God, be committed. Once again, be involved. Once again, honor you in all that they say and do. And baptize us with the love of God. Father God, we do pray for our nation. We see the chaos in our streets. We see, oh God, the anger and the hatred and the bitterness. God, help us to make a difference. God, let us start right here, right now loving one another, and let that love flow into the streets, Father. God, I thank you, and I pray a blessing over your people. God, may we not be just hearers of the word, but doers in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you.